Hello, welcome to the Pacer Pod. It's Tuesday, November 28th. Um, super cold up here in northern Indiana, so my recording studio is going to be uh, serenaded by the heater uh, off and on. So that's just what it is. It is what it is when it comes to this. And uh, yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a downtime, honestly. Right now, as a Pacer fan, it's kind of one of the lows of the season to this point. Um, we're 16 days in. Pacers are nine and seven. The the season, you know, is about 20 percent done, and how, how are we feeling about the team a fifth of the way into the year? And that's kind of what I wanted to just explore uh, tonight is just some of the things that have been good and some of the things that have been bad and, and kind of how this first 15, where, where we stand a fifth of the way through the season. Expectations for me coming into the season were, all right, play in is the floor with the roster that we had without barring any like major roster moves. It was like, okay, this team should make the play in. They talk about wanting to win more games. Um, we're ready to win some games. We know we're not a finished product at this point, you know, after coming off a 35 win season, which was nice in and of itself. Um, a nice next step would be the play in for sure. That would, I think that was the floor of this year. Anything less than that would be a pretty big disappointment. And you'd really have to start thinking hard about what you have, um, I think. Um, so that was just like a, uh, you know, a reasonable expectation. I think if the Pacers were going to be good and kind of on their way to something maybe special, you would have expected them to finish, you know, to get a first-round playoff series slash finish in the top six you know maybe avoid the play-in that would be um that'd be nice to get to to make it into the playoffs and right now you know we're nine and seven we're on pace to win 46 games if you just zoom out and uh take a breath from the last you know week or so of basketball I'd say we're at a pretty good spot. I would have taken this, you know. Um, there's been a lot of a lot of highs. If you just look at the record itself at nine and seven, 46 win pace, you know, we can, uh, I guess you'd be looking at, I think we're seventh right now in the standings. But regardless, we're in the hunt for a top six seed. And we're also in the hunt uh, you know, we, in the play-in, as we, I think we currently stand, we'd be in the play-in. So, I feel pretty good about that. Now, there are some games, obviously, that are tough, and I'll probably talk a little bit more about those later, but, like, 9-7, and seven, 16 games in, let's take it, let's move on. Um, but just looking back, I mean, I think so far the peak of the season was that series against Philadelphia, and that was right before 
or I had recorded the last episode right before that series had started. Um, the Pacers were coming off a, a win against the Bucks, I believe. Um, but we had that series against Philadelphia, and expectations that I had for the team was like, let's not get stomped out. Philly was like the hottest team in the league. They were number one uh, in the Eastern Conference. And both games were super competitive. They were super high level. They were on the road. The team was just balling hard, balling out. And we got a game on them. And it was, if you had to pick, I mean, if we were going to, if we knew we were going to split with Philly, I thought that was like best case scenario, how the team was doing before that. And we we got that split and we got it on the in-season tournament night. Um, you know, which was, if you're going to win a game, that's the one to grab. And, uh, I just thought that series that we played against Philadelphia was a really good test and the Pacers answered it and they answered it in a way that was like, damn, this team, they might be better than we thought. They might be looking at, um, you know, not only maybe being like a four seed or something like that, like one of the top team kind of separating themselves from, Teams like the, I mean, it was way too early to be thinking that far down the line, but like, point is, splitting with Philly, winning that game, that second game in Philly, the way that it happened, the way that Tyrese Halliburton blossomed, he just, right on, you know, Halliburton just was incredible against Philadelphia. Um, averaged 29 points, 16 assists, four rebounds, and he did it on no, with no turnovers in either game. So 32 assists, zero turnovers, it, you know, in, in the two games. And he shot it on 62, 55 from three, 89 from the free throw line, knocking down five threes in both, you know, five threes a game. And I've, I'm, I'm watching that, that game, especially, I mean, you know, I've, I've thought Tyrese has been, a, been a, I called them all NBA on the last episode. That was before the series. And af, I mean, after that series, you're like, yeah. This dude is, he's a superstar. He's all NBA. He is, I mean, if you're a Pacers fan, this is, it's like, yeah, we're in a tough spot right now, but like Halliburton, as long as we get this thing back on track and we start winning some games again, Halliburton is in the zone, bona fide stud, um, all NBA player this year. If the, I mean, if the Pacers make the playoffs, I think he's, I mean, he's putting up ridiculous numbers. He's leading the team that's first in offensive rating, first in points per game, um, first in pace. The Pacers have just been, they're playing the way that Tyrese wants to play. The dude, you know, he's hes running to inbound the ball. He, he can't wait to get down there. The Pacers, and they're just, that's just the way he wants to play. That's the way the Pacers are playing. And right now with the way we're built, we're, we're winning games. We're over 500. And... He's just been, he's just been phenomenal. And that series against Philadelphia made you believe that he's a guy that can win playoff series as your number one option. And rather than looking for a potential number one, like going into the season, you know, like Tyrese, is his ceiling a number like two guy on a championship contending team or is his ceiling a number one guy on a championship contending season, uh, team. And I wouldn't say he's like, he's got to start, he's, he, in his career, he could potentially get that if he, if, he, if he wins playoff series. But it's like, right now, you can't say that that's not a possibility because he, 
if he leads his team to the playoffs and, you know, he's still young. Tyrese is 23, I believe. So if this year is just about playoffs and then next year, we got five years after this year with Tyrese. If that next year we win a playoff series and, I mean, the, the, you, basically Tyrese is just making it so you can't, put a, you can't put a ceiling on this guy yet. Who knows? Who knows how good he's going to be? He's so when he's on, he's so on. He's fire. He is fire. He's the most fun player I've ever watched play as a Pacer fan. Um, just the, when the Pacers are humming, it is a fun, fun thing to watch. And that's that's all you could really ask for going. I mean, fifth, or what? A fifth of the game, fifth of the way into this season, and you could say that about our best player. It's a pretty high high. It's a pretty high high. Um, if Tyrese is an all NBA player, you know, he's just skipping his way there. He's, he's skipping in these games. He's skipping his way to becoming an all NBA player. It'll be the last time we've had an uh, NBA, all NBA player since Victor Oladipo did it in that 2017 2018 season. And I was just curious, like, okay, how many how many All NBA players have played on the Pacers? And it's basic. It's a pretty short list. You got Jermaine O'Neal, who made a second team. Paul George, Reggie, and Ron Artest had made, and Victor Oladipo had made uh, third teams. So that's a list of one, two, three, four, five guys. So Tyrese would be the sixth if he could, if he makes it to an All NBA. And the reason that I. I really like the All-NBA is because you generally, you have to win to be rewarded with that. And when you look back to Oladipo season, that was when the Pacers were a surprise, surprise team, and he took us to a fifth seed. Uh, that I think, yeah, that was his, his, he was a fifth seed, and we got matched up against LeBron and the Cavs, I believe, who had home court, and they were the fourth, and they beat us in seven, I believe. And then there was not a goaltend, uh, with LeBron on Oladipo, but, I, you know, it is what it is. And then Oladipo got injured that next year, and, and the window was over. And then now we we have rebirth has, has happened. Tyrese is our leader. And, um, yeah, we'll see. We just, we need to respond. It's, it's we're going through um, a tough point right now, but I would say, Overall, it's 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 uh, it's it's good. It's it's good, and um, you know, thinking about Halliburton, he's averaging twenty six points, twelve assists, doing it on 50, 52 from the field, forty five from three, ninety one from the free throw line, just ridiculous stats. And you just have to ask: Is he going to keep this up all season? Fifteen, or I keep saying fifteen games. It just seems better, but sixteen games in. Is this what it's going to be for Halliburton this season, or does he keep ramping it up? Because he's he's he, the numbers are going up, but unfortunately we haven't been getting. I'd say the the the, the Pacers are are slumping a little bit as I record this episode. Um. Yeah, Tyrese has just been incredible. That's been a high of the season. Um, another thing that's been nice is the, uh, the Pacers play in the in-season tournament. It's been fun. And I don't think I would, 
I think if the Pacers weren't winning, I, I I'm definitely wouldn't be as into the in-season tournament. But I think it's a cool idea because they're they went four and zero. I never would have. I mean, they beat the Cavs, beat the Hawks, beat the uh, who was it? Cavs, Hawks, 76ers, and Pistons. Swept them all four and zero. It seems like a big deal. Halliburton was talking about it. I think on maybe JJ Reddick's podcast or, or something else. I caught it where. You know he hasn't really won anything. He hasn't had he hasn't been on a winning hasn't had a winning season yet, and this is something to actually play for. And you know he wants to do well, and uh, I think he is, would would view these as like the biggest games of his career. If if you know well we're gonna make them, so um, that'll be fun to see what he does in the in season in the in season tournament. It's just you know spotlight on the Pacers. You know that's another thing that's come with this this the first fifth of the season is people who are follow people who follow basketball the Pacers are on their map or they're on the radar for sure not necessarily as like you know oh this this is a title contending team but just like this is a very interesting there's this is very interesting what's going on in Indiana um so that's great that's great too um I did see I was on basketball reference just looking up some things for the for the pod, pod here, and they've got a stat about uh, in attendance, and it's got Gamebridge Fieldhouse as fifth in attendance. You know, that's according to basketball reference. So that's pretty sweet that people are going to the games, the fan base is excited. Um, that's another, I, and it's just been a while since we've been this excited, you know, that's what's been hard. I mean, um, Although that's what I'm trying to get at at this pod in this episode, I think is just I'm telling myself that it's going to be okay, um, because like as good as the positives have been for the year, it's like right now feels pretty low. Where we've been in a lull since that Philadelphia series. There's been five games. First off, after the Philly series, we were on emotional high. Everybody was talking about us. We were the darlings. We had just beat the Cavs and the 76ers in the in-season tournament. It was beautiful. It was like all t- I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Halliburton's blooming in front of us. And uh, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah. Then we had five days off. And then we didn't play again until a Sunday afternoon. Orlando Magic roll into town. And they just kick the shit out of the Pacers. I mean, it was over from the first quarter. It was over in the first six minutes, it felt like. It was never close. Starters, you know, everybody sucked. Everybody, it was a terrible, terrible game. It left a terrible taste in your mouth. You're like, what just happened? Orlando is like a team at the time that felt like, you know, yeah, we're better than Orlando. But we respect what's going on over there. Like, we, we know they're getting better. Like, there's more respect, that in my, in my opinion, to Orlando than Detroit, for sure, you know. And at that point in time, Orlando rolled in here and just put a, put a whooping on our poor Pacers. And, like, it was just, it came, we just came crashing back to earth after the high of that, that last game in Philadelphia. And you're like, oh, and it's like, now we got to pick ourselves back up. Oh, and another thing about the, you know, we got to see Goga Bataze for Orlando. And uh, Goga, I got to say, 
the matchup between him and Miles, he certainly held his own. And I think you can make a case that he, I mean, the fact that his team crushed the opponent, you know, you'd say you, you give the advantage to him. I think he got the matchup. I think he got the best of Miles. Not bad. Not, he didn't embarrass him. But Miles did not have a good game. And Goga had a pretty good game. Goga had four blocks against the Pacers. And I was just thinking, like, okay, I know Goga's starting because... Uh, so he gets put into the starting lineup in game six of the season for the Magic because Wendell Carter Jr., their starting center, has an injury. He's out. So rather than, like, moving their bench center up into the starting lineup, they bring in Goga, their third-string center. So he was basically sitting on the bench the same way that he was at Indiana as, like, the third-string center. Then he gets put into the starting lineup, and now he's been there for 12 games, and the Magic are 9-3. and three. They're on a seven-game win streak. And Goga's averaging, you know, he's playing half the game. He's playing 24 minutes a night. He's getting eight points, seven rebounds, two assists, a steal, a couple blocks, shooting 56% from the field, just being solid, being like he's having a nice little stretch here. And I'm happy for Goga. And, you know, I mentioned that the Magic had, you know, they're on a seven-game win streak. I think they're currently tied for second in the East. And but in, during this during this stretch where Goga's been starting, the the Magic have beat the Celtics, the Nuggets, the Bucks, and the Lakers. Just incredible. He's 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 having a nice role in the success that Orlando's having right now. So, shout out to Goga, and it does make you think. Like, is that better than Jalen Smith? Like, right? I mean, Goga has to do it for a longer period of time. And we'll see what his role is when the starter comes back. But he's having a nice little stretch here on playing playing meaningful minutes with on a winning basketball team. So that's something you know we couldn't ever say he did for the Pacers. Um, so that was the Orlando kick in the nuts. Then you had the in season game at Atlanta, and we pull it off. It was um, came down to the wire. It was a ridiculous game. Offense went on fire. Uh, we, I think we scored 157, but we gave up 152. 309 points in an NBA game, no overtime. Just ridiculous amount of scoring. Um, so that game was kind of like fun because we were obviously scoring a lot of points. It was an exciting game. It wouldn't have been the wor- it wouldn't have been the worst loss. I mean, Atlanta's definitely a respectable team, definitely in the you know top eight, nine, ten in the East. They're, they're, in, they're in the Pacers' range for sure. Um, so a loss on the, at home, it almost seemed like the, the way – when I was watching the game, I, I kind of felt like that's where it was headed. Just Pacers going to lose this game, but, it, you know, the offense is clicking. It, they're looking good, but then the defense is giving up a lot of points. So it's just one of those things where it's hard to get a good feel of, of, of where the team was at. But – we got the win, and that was a huge win, huge morale boost. Tyrese, I think that was when Tyrese went bananas against Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he hit nine threes, nine of 15 from the three-point line. He was skipping all over the court. Um, so you're still feeling, you're like, okay, we're feeling better off that. We, we were able to get that Orlando stench off. And then we have a game that we are at home against Toronto, Super winnable game, and we lose by one to Toronto. 
Um, you know, Pascal Siakam goes crazy on us. And uh, we lose a really tough game. It's like, oh, that's super frustrating. But then you get um, next. the next game was against the Pistons, which was an in-season game again, and we get a win. It was an ugly win, but we got the win. It was at home, beat the Pistons. And you're like, all right, we're doing all right. And then just now we lost to the Trailblazers. And that was a home game. The Trailblazers are one of the worst teams in the league. And we get beat by Brogdon, Jeremy Grant, and DeAndre Ayton, which, you know, you can lose. I mean, any team can beat any team on any given night in the regular season. And obviously the Pacers, they're not in a good rhythm. You know, we, we you know, lost, win, lost, win. And we lost to the Trailblazers. And the play of late, so it's like the record is 3-2, and two, but when you look at that record, you felt like you were going to be able to go 4-1 and one pretty comfortably. So just there's a little bit of a bad taste. And just it's, it's not even the, the, the win-loss as, as much as the way the games were, were played. You just never felt like the Pacers were in a dominant position on the other team. It felt like they were always playing from behind or like, playing catch up and we were able to squeak out some wins. But, you know, I guess that's what it is. And so it, that's why it's a low because we're, you know, we're, we're far away, far away off from the way we felt after the 76ers game. Um, and you're starting to see, at least I noticed it against the trailblazers quite a bit. There's when the Pacers are losing and not playing well, the frustration is going to really kick in. We've got, this is amazing, but we've got, you know, 16 games in, we've got eight guys averaging 10 points or more a game. Uh, you got Tyrese way out there, and then everybody else is just bunched up. Um, but I've seen frustrated faces lately from just on rotate, the way the rotation's being handled, or like basically maybe more so than the rotation, just like the substitution timings. Um, you know, that Rick Carlisle's putting together out there. Like Aaron Neesmith, I remember him being just kind of like, What's, like, why am I being taken out of the game? Uh, Buddy Heald seemed upset. I think, uh, what, uh, who else? Oh, Matherin, obviously. Obi Toppin, even a little bit. I don't know. So those are guys that are just, I feel like, really being shuffled around right now. And... When you got eight, eight guys averaging 10 points a game, to me, it feels like roles on the team. It's like we're looking for one, two, maybe three of those guys to kind of emerge from that. And what am I trying to say? They all kind of have similar roles when it, when it comes to like, I mean, Neesmith has more of a defensive role, but, but Matherin, and Buddy and Obi Toppin, like their their best skill is offensively on the offensive end and, and scoring points. And that's something that I think is like for them, they're all probably being they're frustrated because they're not scoring as much as many points as they all. Well, Obi Toppin's probably scoring just as much as he ever has, or maybe even an uptick more. But there I think there was reasonable expectation for Obi Toppin as a starter to, to think he's gonna average like 14, 15 points a game. And I'm not exactly sure where he's at now, but he's at least over 10. So it's not like he's far off regardless. 
But like Matherin averaged more as a rookie. Buddy averaged more last year. Um, I don't know. So we just we need some of those guys to to to. I, they're just being shuffled around so much right now. I don't know. They need to figure out how to get comfortable again, because when we're losing, it just feels like the, none of those guys are really popping. Um, we need that because Halliburton's been consistent, and uh, we need some. I, we just need better play, better consistency out of those guys, and maybe we need to figure out the three, three or two or three instead of four. Like how, maybe maybe somebody needs to go. I I don't know. Um, but that just goes to you know another low of the season and just a low of right now, which is just the play of Benedict Matherin and the fact that he's now coming off the bench. He he lost the starting position. Um, that hurts, you know, looking at this season, I definitely did not want to see Matherin lose a starting position less than 16 games into the season. Um, so as high as it's been for Halliburton, it's kind of been as equally as low for, for Matherin. And it's, I talked last episode about the caution flag. I fell in summer league. But I recorded that right after Matherin had the two best games of, his, of the season. So I was very, very hopeful and high on Benedict Matherin. But looking at this whole, this whole first part of the season, it's like, I think it's time to get that caution flag back out. And I hope that this gets turned around this season. And I'm not going to give up hope if it doesn't. But we need to be we need to be winning for Matherin not to be starting and playing. I don't know what am I. This is just this is just hard. I, I guess rather than dragging the whole team in into it, it's more just about you know Matherin's individual play and the fact that he's doing some things out there that are still elite. He he finishes the basketball one or two times a game when he drives. He's able to you know, make tough shots, draw and ones, get you buckets close to the basket. And that's a, that's a nice piece that he still definitely has 100%. It just, since the last time he had those two great games, it's the 76ers series and then the last five games that we, I just talked about. He's only getting 23 minutes a night, so he's playing just under half the game. He's coming off the bench of lately. In those seven games, 11 points, two and a half rebounds, one assist, shooting percentages of 43 from the field, 31 from three, 71 from the free throw line. That hurts. With, when you have hopes, when you have expectations as, uh, of Matherin being a number two guy on this team, dare I say, because I know I've said before, maybe a number one option on the team, that's. That's the smoke I smoke when it comes to Benedict Matherin. And it's like, oh, it, this is a hard time. I find myself just like fixated on watching him play the entire game. Like, I'm just rooting for him to just, I'm, I'm rooting so hard for him to just find it and, and to bring it. And we just haven't seen it in a while. So it's there, it's there, but it's just, it's just been hard. 
Um, but the caution flag has to be out just in the sense that, like, being removed from the starting lineup, I think, unless I'm crazy, I'm not in the locker room, but it just seems like a de- it's a demotion, no matter how you shine it. And seeing the minutes go under half the game, Matherin, this, you know, this first, I keep saying this first fifth of the season, it's, it's just, it's a good sample size, but it, a lot can change. And for him to fall under, for him to fall into a bench role at this point, and to see all the stats going down, and really the only improvement I can say is, I, he's definitely passing the ball more, and then he's had some games that were like he's had way better all around games this season than last year. Last year felt, even his best games felt empty, of 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 things besides you know potentially elite scoring. Whereas this year, he's had a few games where you're like, damn, you know, I think he had like a 28 and 10 or something. He's rebounding the basketball. He was This season, he's had games where he's rebounded, where he's scored, where he's been locked in defensively. The plays against Giannis, he's just in a slump. The team's in a slump. The, the, the vibes are off right now. Um, but Matherin's having a tough start to the season, and we just need some more consistency out of him. But it's hard to say that he is uh, one of the questions that I, you know, was thinking about going into the season was, is Matherin able to s- separate himself from the likes of a Buddy Heald? When it, when it comes to, like, the value that you bring to the team on the court, Matherin, but, I mean, at this point, I think you can, you can say that there's, you know, Buddy... You got, he hasn't separated himself, basically, from Buddy, uh, Andrew Nimhard, Bruce Brown, Aaron Neesmith. I hate to, I mean, I don't hate to say it because I'm happy for that Ben Shepard keeps getting brought up and seems to get thrown in the game. I'm happy for that. I, ha, I want Ben Shepard to succeed, but, um, you know, you kind of have to throw his name in the discussion now that he's getting, he's getting out there. Uh, not that he's, you know, I'm not comparing these guys, but it's just like these are, it almost feels like this is, these guys are interchangeable at this time. Obviously to the extreme, Shepard, I'm not saying that, but Neesmith, Nimhard, Heald, Brown, they're all kind of in the same level as Matherin. And I hope that's that we're off to just a slow start with Matherin, but things really start to click and we get to see that separation. So I'll be looking for that moving forward. Um it's a bummer. The free throws are down. That was one of his really exciting things about him last year. The minutes are obviously down a little bit too, but not drastically. It's more the style of play where he was getting to the line six times a night as a rookie, and this year he's averaging three attempts a game. So just all this, all the scoring is just a little damp right now when it comes to, when it comes to Matherin. And there's some things where it's like I'm watching him play, and I'm just questioning his judgment on when to hustle or when not to hustle because some of the things just stand out like sore thumbs where he doesn't go after a ball. Like I think one time he lost, like mishandled the ball against uh, this last game against Portland. Maybe mishandled it and the ball is kind of just skirting away. He didn't even run after it and the Portland guy grabbed it and went down. I think they missed it, and then he scored a bucket on the other end, so it didn't sting that much. But that one, I remember being like, "What are you doing? Are you?" It just didn't. It felt something felt off, and just 
some of the mannerisms out there are just, uh, when things aren't going right, it just doesn't feel very good. But that, you know, he's obviously frustrated. But I don't know, that's just part of the caution flag, I guess, when I talk about the judgment on when to hustle or not. Like, you'd rather see a guy over hustle than under hustle. And Matherin definitely plays hard at times. Um, just being more consistent with it, I think, that maybe will come along. Um, I don't know. And it also just feels like being demoted to the, to the bench and just some of those things, you know, he's, 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 he's sometimes he gets those minutes that are, that are, uh, like crunch time minutes, but it doesn't feel like he's a crunch time guy right now. Um, and that, that hurts, that hurts. Um, I don't know. It just hurts. Everything kind of hurts with Nathan. But we got. I don't want to just dwell on the on the negative there. I, I we're in a dark spot right now. It ish spot. Um, it could definitely get darker. Um, it could get actually get darker pretty quick, but it could also become a lot brighter, and we could turn this around. We got a three day break, so we got beat by Portland on Monday. And then we've got another big series to get ramped up for at Miami Thursday and Saturday this week. So two away games against a a playoff team, a team that, you know, we have a little history with. We need to come out. We need to punch them in the mouth. At a minimum, we need to split this series. Um, And then it's time for the in-season tournament. So that's we already got home court locked up. I believe we, there's a chance the Pacers, the Pacers are either going to be the first or second seed in the tournament. Um, and I'm not sure how that gets laid out, but we've got this Miami series to tune up for the tournament. So now's the time to just hit refresh. The past is the past. Let's lock in and make another push at this thing. Um, because everybody else is caught up. There was a time when we were like sitting like third or fourth in the East, and now we're down to you know seventh or eighth. We're still in the hunt, no question about it, but we're returning to level water again. Um, not to just throw a zinger in here, but one other thing I noted was Miles Turner, the three-point percentage is coming back to level, just like the way that the Pacers have a little bit. Miles went from 40 to 35. Still good for a shooter, but he's in a cold streak right now, so we could use Miles to pop against Miami. Um, and you know I'd love to see Matherin explosion. Um, but we'll see. We'll see, or maybe it's just going to be the Tyrese show, and this is the year of Tyrese. I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. I'm excited to check it out. And, uh, yeah, I think that's, that'll be all. That'll be all for now. Um, hope everybody has a good, uh, good Christmas season here. And um, cheers to the Pacers turning it around and for this season to continue to be a success. Amen.